I already gave you the hand signal that you could go. So uh, you best get ready quick. Give me one second. All right. Am I really just supposed to leave all the silence in here? Dead air. I don't like dead air. Hey guys, welcome to Milk and Screams. Welcome. Hey guys. Everybody. Milk and Screams. Do we should we start saying the whole title? Milk and Screams with Jacob and Kyle? Nah. With Kyle and Jacob. Do, it, is, it is it Kyle and Jacob? It is Kyle and Jacob, and I don't think we should say Kyle and Jacob. I think it should just be Milk and Screams. All right. Well, should Because I can replace you later on. Should we start actually introducing <laughs> ourselves once we say the name of the podcast? Because we don't do that either. Should but we they start? don't even know what we look like. That doesn't matter. Or they're going to soon. But Soon, yeah. I mean, maybe when, maybe when... Mo- most of the people, if not all the people listening <laughs> to this right now, do in fact know what we look like. <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess you got a point. We can all... I think we should start introducing ourselves once the name has been said. Okay. I'm Kyle, and I'm Shaniqua. Welcome to the <laughs> welcome to the show, <laughs> folks. Today we are going to be possibly getting, uh, I don't semi deep yeah. with um, kind of our our past, um, kind of talking about the different periods in our life in which we have felt a transitional period of our life, whether that were significant or maybe even kind of a menial transition to some maybe it was significant to us maybe it wasn't that significant at all but it had some lasting impact um any sort of those transitional periods that's what we're going to be talking about today how maybe we dealt with them what we did to make it more comfortable for ourselves maybe how it hit us pretty hard that sort of thing yeah we're gonna dive into it yeah we're getting sticky we're getting sticky here, guys. We're getting sticky with it. <laughs> no longer are we getting jiggy with it. We're getting uh, sticky with it. We, we missed y'all last week. Um, yeah, apologies. I uh, died. <laughs> I didn't have COVID or anything, but finals happened. Um, They're still kind of happened. Oh, well, actually, now that I haven't anymore. Today is the last day of finals, and I took my final exam this morning, which I... I didn't feel like taking it in the first place. Like, we've had this conversation. I have a 98 in this class, and if I didn't take the final, I was passing the class regardless. Yeah. I just wanted an A in the class. So I took the final, and then I went and had a celebratory solo round of disc golf. But then I ran into some friends, so we played a full round of disc golf as a group. Yep. It was a good morning. Sounded like fun. So I, I'm officially I... done with the semester, and therefore officially done with my undergraduate Class. I wish we had a soundbite section of applause because that that'd be what I'd be playing right now. Yeah, we can just you know just pop it up for your boy uh, Shaniqua. <laughs> Shaniqua's graduating, <laughs> and no. you wouldn't have guessed it based off my name, but I'm graduating with an undergrad in mechanical engineering. Yeah, it's it's Sean for short, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean is getting a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. I'm a bachelor in more way than one now, baby. Uh, congratulations. And I do mean that. You worked really hard. It, it, just in this past year that I've been living with you, almost, um, I just see you working hard. So it's really well earned. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, these past two semesters have definitely been the hardest of my college career. Which is kind of shocking because it's typically, you know, you have all those classes at the beginning that kind of weed out the, the stragglers, you know, the freshmen. Yeah. So I kind of expected that to be the case for you. And you're supposed to have like a really easy year this year. But yeah, no, those early ones kind of. Those early ones are really weed out classes, not because they're that difficult, but if you find them difficult, that's what makes it a weed out class because they are the core of all classes to come. Hmm. So if you find them difficult and you find yourself not really understanding those core classes, 
then that's when you really should drop out because that that's what makes it a weed out class right. not necessarily their difficulty yeah which they are they are difficult classes but you i know. couldn't do it <laughs> i'd be weeded out um wet like, out weeded out i would be wet out i like weeded it out i weeded it out weeded it out it's the same way as when you say the word edited that word makes me want to peel off my fingernails. And if you're saying that you've edited something, then you say, I edited it. And, that and makes, you say, I edited it. That makes me want to take my fingernails off. Like, it is the worst. It doesn't even make me want to take my fingernails off. I just want to put toothpicks under my fingernails and leave them there. <laughs> because that sensation would be better than the sensation of saying, saying edited, edited it. it. <laughs> edited it. I, oh, it gives me it's chills. It's the worst. Um, so, I guess... The proper way to start off about talking about transitions is to talk about what transitions we're excited for coming out of COVID. Yeah. Because we're kind of, I would say we're, uh, barring any crazy strains that kind of hit us really hard or anything, I would say we're maybe three months out of really getting to swing into full normalcy I for really, basically the whole country i really hope that's not poorly aged like we don't listen to this i know I months we're, when we're all like in a bunker <laughs> you know in nebraska we're all underground <laughs> because this strain somehow mutates into a uh, sentient being and, and it, is now searching for us it, on all fours and it turns everyone to armadillos <laughs> That's the strain of COVID that yeah. we get. No it, sickness, no lung disease. It just turns into it an turns armadillo. itself to a sentient, self-aware being <laughs> that searches for us, and in doing so, turns us into armadillos upon impact. <laughs> Hopefully, that doesn't happen. Hopefully, Can you imagine how painful that would be? Turning into all, an armadillo, taking all this human and just turning it into like a small little uh, mammal with a big old shell that roll up. Do you think a long nose? You know how in like like in movies, someone is transformed into an animal. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there is a pain associated with that? Like of their muscles contracting and forming into that animals and their skeleton changing. Do you think there is a pain associated with that? I'd like to think in most cases, like let's just use Beast Boy for example, of course. that he is just like not even human. Like his bones and stuff, like it's hard to explain. As also, I just kind of had a burp when it came through my nose and it burned like with carbonation. I'm sorry. I, that's why I was backing away from the mic. I didn't want anybody to hear that. I want to um, hear it. The burp? Yeah, do it again. Oh, I can't do it again because it's going to hurt. All right. Well, if it comes later, just do it. My eyes are watering. Um, <laughs> Beast Boy makes me emotional. Um, but I think like his anatomy is not like normal human. Like it, it, It's not like there's bones there, but it's just like because he's a comic or a cartoon, it just kind of doesn't really matter. Like it's like he, he's just like his body's just mass and it's able to stack up on itself without having a skeleton structure. So when he changes and morphs, it's like clay. It's like clay face almost. Okay. But how about, for example, like in Harry Potter and mm -hmm. I believe it's Goblet of Fire. You know how Mad-Eye Moody comes out and Malfoy is about to cast a spell on Harry since he has his back turned. And he's like, oh, no, you don't. And he casts a spell on Malfoy and turns him into a ferret. Mm -hmm. He's just a dude. Obviously, yeah. he's a wizard dude, but he's just a dude. And then he gets turned into a ferret. Do you think that there's in the in the transition of him becoming an animal, does that like two second transition have pain? I think that there's so much excruciating pain to come from that that your body can't possibly process it. So you it's, it's almost like an adrenaline rush. Yeah. So you just like you it happens so fast and it would be so extremely painful to, to condense all that mass into ferret form. 
And then, I mean, I guess it's magic, so it's kind of like bending the rules. Yeah. I, mean, I assume he's not a 150-pound ferret. It's like the no, size yeah. of a – You know what I mean? So, I mean, probably it would hurt a lot, but – I think we should test this. I think we should turn you into a ferret and well, then turn you back and then be like, how was it? Well, can I be Can I be any other animal besides a ferret? No. <laughs> Dang it. No. I'm, I'm well, sticking with wait, the ferret rule. Let's just wait for this COVID thing to roll out, and then we'll turn into armadillos. <laughs> we'll just turn you into an armadillo, and then I'll find a way to turn you back and be like, how was it? <laughs> um, so all that to say, L- what are hopefully we ex- COVID's over soon. <laughs> and ergo, what are we excited for with COVID being over? What are we excited I, to go back to? I mean, technically, individually, COVID's literally almost over for us. We both... Um, are somewhat vaccinated. You're fully I am, vaxxed. I am fully vaxxed as of this past Monday. And I'll be vaccinated in three days. So I'll, I'll have full immunity in about a week, a little over a week now. So um, we're getting there. Um, so, I mean, I'd say for people who are a little bit ignorant, um, COVID's been over for like three months now. <laughs> COVID's been over. COVID never started. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think COVID started for some people, but they, now they're literally just so over that they don't even care. Mm-hmm. Like when I first moved here in August, like literally everyone wore a mask and when I when I worked at Chick Fil A. Yeah, especially in this town. Yeah, like it's a college everybody. town. I as it's gone on gradually, like you have like people who obviously don't care, not wearing a mask and kind of parading it. And then there's people who forget. They're like, "Oh, I gotta put on a mask." And I don't, you know, when before there was nobody ever forgetting. Right. Um, which brings an interesting point to me that I've kind of just been dreading. Um, I think we talked about this, didn't we? How I don't want to stop wearing a mask because I think I look weird without a mask now. It's it's been an interesting thing, especially coming into a full year of college, having met so many people initially with masks. And still yeah. having not seen a, some of them without a mask. I remember one specific incident. I, I met this guy at the very beginning of this past year. He's a freshman, and he's been helping us with tech at the BCM. Um, and we went we went to, like, a celebratory dinner a couple weeks ago, like, kind of as Gator was wrapping up uh, the, the worship night that we do each week. It's called Gator. We were doing a celebratory dinner of the Gator team and anyone that had also helped with us, and that included him. And so, obviously, we were eating. And so, did you hear my burp? I did. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Obviously, we were eating. And so, he took his mask off. And if you had given me a thousand chances to draw what his face looked like, never would I have drawn this. Yeah. He he looks like a normal dude, obviously. Like, he, it's, it, it's a face, but it's just not at all what I expected his face to be. And it was such a bizarre realization because I was like, like, I've seen half his face for all this time. And I was like, okay, I can gather and guess what the rest of him facially looks like. And I couldn't have been more wrong. It was so bizarre. Dude, I've had that experience like 10 different times. Like, and I, and I think, well, if that's the experience I'm having with these people, then what do they think when they look at me? When yeah, right. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, 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 I wonder if when I take the mask off, how many people have initially thought, He's better looking than I thought. How many people have initially thought he's worse looking than I thought? And how many initially people have thought, I don't care? <laughs> uh, whenever you say mask off, I always, or whenever anybody says that, I think of like three different things at once and they all like, ha- rapid fire in my brain. I think of Bane saying, <laughs> no one cared who I was before I put on the mask. <laughs> I think of that. And then I think of mask off the song. And then there was a third thing that I just forgot. So we're going to move on. So two um, things. <laughs> two things. Guys, I don't want to stop wearing a mask. Like I, I, 
I don't like the way I look with that without one on. Like I not not to be like degrading or anything like that, but like I have a lot of face. You have you have also come to this realization. I think you have been under the impression that everybody looks better with a mask on. True. Everybody's top of their face, in your opinion, looks better than their full face. And and, and I say that not isn't like okay. Let's let's take like a model for example, like someone who would who you think and the generalized beauty standards that we've placed in society today, that that model looks great with a mask. Ooh, sorry, without a mask on. She looks beautiful, right? Cover up her face. The top half of her face still looks great, right? But if you take someone who is not, I'm not going to say ugly, but like, you know, who is not the typical beauty standard or whatever, and you, you know, it's okay, you know, maybe middle range or average person, as myself, like I would say I'm average, you know what I mean? Put a mask on that person, top half of their face still looks great. You following me? I follow. So, I think I think all the I think what we've learned, a for, for, first of all, I want the point for what he was just saying at the initial start. Everyone's beautiful. True. Everyone's good looking. But I think the initial everyone's point beautiful. is everyone's points of beauty on their face that we think are lesser than the rest of their face almost all reside in the lower half of their face. Yeah. For like, whatever reason, we've noticed that now that masks have been covering up the bottom half, we're kind of like everybody's top half of their face is perfect. It's and the it's thing great. Is, you don't see like if anyone is like subconscious about their nose, most of that is covered up. Or their chin or their lips. Like or their like, chin, their lips, their teeth. Like there's this girl that I saw take off her mask and like I just I've I've seen her forehead and her eyes and I'm like, okay, cool. Like whatever. And she has the Biggest lips I've ever <laughs> really? seen. Like, what? You hiding those underneath that mask, girl? Like, what are you? What? Like, it was just like the wildest thing. And like, I, I don't know. And I, I'm using myself mainly as an example here. My forehead is so big, <laughs> and like without a mask, I look like I have ten lengths of face on my face. But now that when I wear a mask, I look like I just have a normal size face. Which is so weird because you'd think. In a case such as yourself with a big forehead, that when you cover up the bottom half, the forehead would almost giganticize itself. But do, for, do you agree? I look like I, I, no, yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah, it doesn't look like it doesn't look as exaggerated for whatever reason. And my, in, intuitively, it makes me think all I'm going to see is forehead because that's all you've left right. me. But for some reason, it kind of just kind of, it kind of scales it yeah. to normal because you're I like, I, I don't know how much face is left under there. It's like turning the M to Wumbo. Like it's <laughs> 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 um, so I personally, I'm like, I'm looking forward to getting rid of masks. I mean, I look, I'm, I'm a fairly conscious person. Like I'm fine with or without, without it. I don't have, I'm not insecure about my face, but I'm more looking forward to without it just because masks have been detrimental to my skin. Oh, absolutely man. awful, especially with all the stress that I gather throughout school. Just the way that I gather acne on my jawline is just atrocious. Dude, I have been blessed. I think I had like the 11 years of male puberty of acne in like four years of high school or, or like in middle school when I had this pepperoni face where I just was just like blotchy and mm -hmm. really bad acne. And I just don't get bad acne anymore in my face it is just a blessing i i never I, really did get bad acne before and then the past i would say about two pretty much since i've been at uf i think i think just kind of 
the back-to-back culmination of stress that I have with school and the other things I'm involved with that take up my time, I think it's just kind of been a factor of the acne that I get, mostly on that jawline and kind of like this forehead region that I got going on. Yeah. Like my my hairline, like right under it kind of lines with acne. Yeah. But yeah, definitely the facial region has been really bombarded with zits because of the mask. Or at least I feel like it's because of the mask. I haven't looked into the science, but I feel like that's a lot of people's scenario. And yeah. so I'm going to go with it's the mask's fault. You're, yeah. Um, but besides masks, because that's the main thing that people talk about when they talk about COVID. Um, I think that's the one thing most people are most excited for is just to get rid of them. But outside of that, what else are we looking forward to? Um, kissing the homies again. Dude. I'm so looking forward to it. Like the dap me up hasn't been the same without the the mooch. I mean, really, it's it's been. I feel like there's just gonna be a lot of people kissing this summer. Like it's just gonna be a like it's gonna be a once all the music thing. festivals start. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty Some, nuts. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty. I feel I feel like we're gonna. Steamy. I feel like there's gonna be this part in the history books, like 30 years from now, right? You're gonna see you no know, COVID, and then you're gonna see this baby boom there's gonna be another baby there's gonna be a huge sure. there is going to be a huge baby boom and you know what in the next happen? year you just wait for all these babies you know what's gonna happen people have been waiting to get married a lot of people are gonna get hitched there's a gonna lot be, of people are gonna they, get married the, the marriage industry is gonna boom this, and this a lot year. of I that's think gonna a, be crazy i think a lot of people are also gonna get married too soon because I oh, think yeah, but people have been waiting for a whole year. That some people have not a lot of people haven't. Yeah, but. some people had a date set and then had to wait. Some people like. Some people got into a relationship right before COVID uh-huh. and then somehow ended up quarantining together or just having so much time that all they did was talk. And now they feel like that they're soulmates because all they did was talk for the past year. Yeah. And I maybe that maybe that's your case and maybe that's you're in a good spot to do that and fine. I just I think a lot of those people should wait longer. But who am I? Yeah. Who am I? Dude. What if we have like another pandemic in like two years? Look, we've been we've been going century by century. Don't just throw it out here for two years. Oh, well, we have we've had smaller scale pandemics in the past couple. Yeah, but decades. we're talking about like but, global pandemics. Well, b- the reason why I say that is because you know with global warming and everything, there's just new strains coming from the Antarctic and that have been frozen for thousands of years, and not to mention just the world's getting more and more connected. So there's always going to be Wish I could just stop burping. Um, there's always going to be a chance that this can happen again, and it's going to happen again in the next ten years. Is a hundred like it's pretty much guaranteed at this point. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. I just disagree. I'm just I'm not speaking that into existence. I'm going to say not happening. <laughs> no chance. I mean, I I really hope it doesn't happen. It won't. And happen. I hope. No, you shush with all the hoping. It's not going to happen. So stop talking about it. <laughs> We're over it. Okay. But Kyle, Bill Gates, he said it. Look, I love Bill <laughs> Gates, and I'm very excited for all the new Microsoft products coming out. And I'm not just saying that because I'm fully vaxxed, but I might be. I don't know what he did to me. You know, you before you were vaccinated, you never said that once before. So I, I, I have a feeling that's the reason why. <laughs> um, why Why do you love Bill Gates? I'm just curious. Because I got the fact. He, he made me say that. <laughs> well, I, uh, didn't have a cho- I didn't have a choice. Did I say that? Y- yeah, you did. <laughs> it's real <laughs> it's real um okay so other things we're excited for which we still have not gotten to yet i want to go back obviously everyone says this as well i want to go back to the movies movies i don't 
I was trying to think. I don't remember what the last movie I saw in theaters was. Mm. I cannot remember. I know that I saw Joker in theaters. I did too. Which was a while ago. That was October 2019. Yeah, I know I saw that in theaters. I had to have seen something else a in theaters. A lot of people's last movies was Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, definitely didn't see that I in theaters. That. I may have went to... Well, I, let's see. Star Wars was December. Star Wars would have been December of 2019. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, that may have been my last movie. In fact, I may be able to go look at AMC and see if I can... I think I had this conversation with somebody a while ago. Point is, I haven't been to the movies since like the end of 2019 or the very beginning of 2020. Yeah. That's how long it's been. I have um, not been to a movie theater since. Why didn't I see movies? And that's devastating. Or at least I'm I'm excited to be back in the movie theater with a crowd. Oh yeah, a it's big gotta crowd. Be a like crowd. I because I guess I technically I did just lie. I went and saw Ride in the Last Dragon at Downtown Disney. Oh yeah, you did. A couple it. weeks ago. Yeah, you did. But it was like you know you bought your group seat and then like eighteen seats away was another group. Like it was, it was a far social distance dispersed and, kind of thing. And some people have brought up the point, like you can run out of theater for you and your buddies and just go. And I'm like, well, no, I want to sit next to strangers. Also, how much money do you think I'm going to spend to just <laughs> be with my buds in a movie theater? If I want to just be with my buds to watch a movie, I just won't go to the movie theater. <laughs> I'm not renting out a whole. Th Are you kidding me? Yeah. How much money do you think that I have? It's kind of dumb. I'm going to rent out a whole theater. Absolutely not. Trying anything to get money at this point. Um. Movies I'm excited for. I think I'm officially going to start becoming a concert slash show person now. Concerts I'm so excited um, for. Like, I, I I, have not been to an actual concert. Like, that wasn't, like, free or just, like, you know, available to me in just so long. Right. I think Pantonics may have been the last one that I wow. was at, which was in 2017. That was, yeah, that's a long time. I, I mean, I can't say for sure. But nothing memorable. Yeah, I think you know? that would. I think that is your last one, as far as I'm aware. Um, I, I technically went to Passion, and that would have been 2017 into 18. Right, it was New Year's, so I guess that counts. Yeah, sure. But I fell asleep during Passion. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I wasn't the only one, but I did fall asleep. Um, um I, concerts and shows. I like. Yeah. I there's already some coming down the line. I I was supposed to go see Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle. Uh, oh, that's in right. In April of last year, and then COVID hit, and it got pushed back and pushed back, and then it got canceled. So I'm hoping that Dave Chappelle, because I, I think he's one of the main people that I actually legitimately will pay top dollar to, to see live. Right. I want to see him live before I die, and I don't know how long he's going to keep doing this. So I'm trying to get a ticket ASAP. Um. So yeah, that's that's something I've been really wanting to do as well. Yeah. On it, I think outside of also concerts is like you you started saying the word shows and. You know, theater. Oh yes, Kyle. I going to see plays and musicals. And being in plays and musicals, there's been like nothing going on. I know it has been a while since I went uh, since I've been able to see a show. Yeah, it's been a while. I really want to see you do a show. So I want to go see a show. I want football back. Yeah. The call the college football experience is one of the best parts about college for me, and. Obviously, we got to do it for the 2019-2020 school year because COVID hadn't happened yet. And then this past year, they had it set to where you could like enter a lottery because they were only allowing like like 17,000 students into the game or something, or maybe less than that. Maybe it was it had to have definitely been less than that. Um, but you would enter a lottery to hopefully get in that game. I think you could only go to like two games for the year mm -hmm. in the lottery. It was something weird, and I never did it because. 
it was the start, you know, it was the start of fall semester and that's when college football starts and I didn't want to be around a bunch of people. You know, COVID was still pretty strong at the beginning of August. Yeah, it was. And September. It was, I keep, I keep thinking about how bad it was like in January and like December, like. Yeah, so like really bad I here. was not going to those football games, so I didn't get to go any to go to any this year. So I'm really looking forward to next year going back to these football games with an absolutely packed stadium. Yeah, man. I'm so excited for football. And then I think here's a question. Answer. Do you think in the next two years that you personally will kind of find yourself just having a bit of anxiety? Just being, just seeing a large crowd of people, or uh, knowing that you're going to be in a large crowd of people in the next year or two, do you kind of see yourself personally having an anxiety associated with it? Well, I'll say this that you didn't have before. I am typically anxious about crowds, um, in general. Um, I like to be able to walk freely. Um, and and I think. The word anxious is is word used loosely here. I don't go, oh no, I get angry, and I think that's just a form of anxiety around. Like I I get like just I get physically. Um, you just get frustrated. Well, like I grow um, testicles, and I like act like I have to be like you know shoving people around, and, like being dominant in a crowd. Okay. You know, so like, so you just have alpha male syndrome when you get into a crowd yeah and i think it just comes from being like anxious like i don't want anyone stealing from me or i don't want anyone doing anything shady okay i get you um so like covid is literally the last thing on my mind in the crowd literally like it's the last interesting thing on my mind so you don't find yourself having like i guess more a, a safety anxiety i guess is more like a health safety anxiety is a more specific way to put it do you find yourself do you think you'll have that even in this next year or two when it's going to be perfectly safe to be in I, crowds again i don't think so and i think it's just because i've been in crowds literally every single day at work there's just always too many people in the in the building that we're in and there's still i mean i just had someone at work just get covid this past week hmm. so like it, it's still going around and it's still possible. It's just about wearing a mask and being safe. I I'm around people. I talk to people. I touch their money every single day. So it's kind of like, well, it's just a part of life at this point. And I, st I somehow still narrowly escaped COVID. Okay. Well, yes. Like you're around people and obviously in the, t in the context of work is about being safe and wearing your mask, but say like, even when it's perfectly safe six months from now, and I take you and I plop you inside of Disney world and I say, go have fun at Disney. Big crowds storm past you, all kinds of people just all around. Do you find yourself in that situation? No masks, obviously, because it's perfectly safe again. You're just going crazy. Yeah. Do you find yourself in that situation having that health anxiety or like a safety anxiety that you might have now if I plopped you in Disney or like that you would have had six months ago if I plopped you in Disney I mean, and said go? It's hard to say, but I typically I'm not. I mean, now I'm definitely more conscious. Like I think about touching handrails and like getting on an airplane. Dude, right, I'm like uh, this stuff's so gross. People are just filthy animals. It's just disgusting. I am interested to see in this in this next year or two how all industries industries are going to keep the changes that they made during COVID. Yeah, because like, a lot of food industries made changes that everyone is very here for. True, you know, um, like I think people Chick Fil A realized that like 
though people like hospitality, they just want food. They just want to get food and leave. And like, like now they literally started just like they put up restaurants and last year they don't have a dining room at all. They're literally just drive through. Really? Yeah. So they, you know, I mean, you got the one that's opening up pretty soon here. Yeah. Well, technically that one's going to be like walk up so you can walk up and carry out. Yeah. You can't dine in there. Right. But that's kind of a different thing for Chick-fil-A. Like every Chick-fil-A has a playground and, you know, there's been just typical things that Chick-fil-A has just always been like hospitality is their number one thing. Yeah. But it's all changing because they realize, oh, we had this huge markup last year in 2020 because we were like one of the only reliable fast food places where you can get food safely. And And Chick-fil-A was always fast to begin with. So when when places started being slow because of COVID – Chick-fil-A was still basically the exact same. So everyone was like, just go get Chick-fil-A. It's still fast. Yeah. Um, also, like, things that just make no sense to me, like, at this point, like, from a health standpoint, like, why are movie theater seats so close together? Because like, they can fit more people. I know. And therefore, more money but, for the one showing. But it's no, it's not comfortable. <laughs> and you can just make, like, I know there's only a certain amount of space you can buy for a movie theater, but... There's, I don't know, like, like, there, you can space out the seats a little more, make them a little more comfortable, and make people have a better experience, rather than, like, I, I now that I, when I think about, like, health stuff all the time, because of COVID, I don't want to be next to people like that, like, super close. I think that's what people pay for, like, IMAX for, which obviously the seats are, right back to back to each other, but they're larger seats, and they recline, and stuff like that. That's what, I mean... You have to pay more for that experience. If you're just going to get the movie experience. But why can't I just pay normal price to not be on someone's lap? Because you know if, what I mean? if you made them if you made them more like if you made the seats more comfortable with how long movie theaters have been around, if you made them more comfortable and spaced them out more, then they would have to start charging more for those seats to make the same amount of money that they were making before. They already made they already charge more for the same for the same seats. You know what I mean? They they movie theaters used to be very very cheap and now they're very very expensive. Right. And that's obviously a, a bit of wanting more money and also a bit of inflation. But like like right now like a, a seat being $9 for a night showing of something or $10 whatever. If you make the seats larger if you make as you space them out and uh, therefore fitting less people in that theater, those seats are instead going to be $15. And guess who's not paying $15 to go see a movie? Me. Some people. I am paying $15 to go do that. Some people definitely will. But some people, you, probably, you probably would. Some but people I am draw the line $15. at $9. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I don't know. I think for $9, you can make the seats out, space out a little more and make me not sit on someone's lap. I, 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 again, that's the, that's the thing that I think about. Like, why do we build things this way? Why did we make, you know, why, why aren't there sanitizing teams on the subways until 2020? You know what I mean? People shit on the subway. Like, that's just the thing that they do, you know, like, and I respect those people, <laughs> you know, pe- people like Eric Andre go onto the subway and pour cereal into a dog cone mask and milk. And well, it- here's the thing. I think if I was building a subway, not ever would it cross my mind that any human would go into the subway with a dog cone and pour cereal into it. Oh, I know that. Or do anything similar to that nature. But people are still gross. People still need to go in there and sanitize and clean things. Sure, like, and they do like when it's not being used anymore for the night, but like they don't have teams that go around the clock like they do now. I don't think they had that before either, but I don't know. I don't live in New York or anywhere with the subway, but even still – 
that that needs to be a thing. I mean, it would be against the law and all health guidelines if they didn't have any teams that cleaned at least once. It would literally be against the law. I don't know. I don't know what what laws are there. Who, who's gonna get Who's gonna get charged for that law, Kyle? <laughs> I mean, they're like the same way that laws are exist in food restaurants that they have certain cleanliness standards. It's the same way for any public um, service. Any Anything that is open to the public has the a cleanliness guideline and some sort of health standard that they have to live up to. And part of that is when people poop, that poop has to be removed. That's definitely part of that for all public services, subway included. I don't know. I think there should. I think. I agree that they should have more teams that do it more frequently. Yeah. Which they which they now have. Yeah. I agree. That's been a thing in like nineteen sixty. That is a welcome change. I agree, but it's. It wasn't non-existent before. <laughs> it was just basically non-existent. Basically non-existent. So we're we agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on from COVID. I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah. So hopefully that's the last time we ever talk about COVID. To be honest. You know what? I always think about that too. Like, when's the last time I'm going to say the word COVID? Or like, when's the last time someone's going to Google COVID? I think never will the last time, yeah. especially just because of history. There are going to be true. kids thirty years from now being like, "When did COVID start?" Uh, for their homework question. And like, uh, what? Who was that? Who was that guy during BLM, the Black Lives Matter movement? Who was that guy? Who, who was the officer that got convicted? What was his name again? Because that's gonna be homework too. So yeah. all that is gonna be getting looked up for years to come. Dang. So, to the the main topic, the the main event, the main course, the entree, the transitions that we have gone through in our lives. Now, I will preface with this. I say transitions and I say like, you know, that we might get deep or whatever. We haven't had to undergo the craziest of transitions. Like we've led at least semi-privileged lives. Yeah, I'd say so. So, I mean, I've... I kind of had to dig deep to think about transitions. Yeah, I mean, I've got one on here that's like, you know, not exactly privileged and was very unfortunate. But it was like, we don't have these situations of like... I had to go to jail for three years and I had to, you know, that sort of thing. Like, we've lived live fairly privileged lives. country or anything like that. Right. But we do have part, po- we do have portions of our lives that we had to transition out of. And we, there's emotions associated with that that I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to because these, a lot of the transitions that I have are transitions every person, most every person is going to go through. Mm hmm. So there are emotions attached to that that I think would be beneficial to talk about and to hear about if you are hearing them. We're going to talk about it and hear them. You're just going to hear them if you're listening to this. If you just maybe you're not listening. Maybe you just have it on in the background, but you're not really listening. Hey, listen up. Hey, 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 you, <laughs> you in the yeah, give it. Come on, we're we're in at the, the main port. You in the purple blouse. You got tired of COVID, I know, but come come back. <laughs> we got we got real stuff to talk about now. Yeah, we're talking. Listen to us. This is your teacher. <laughs> what, what, who, who's wearing a purple blouse? Someone. And listening to this. Someone will. You know what? If you wear purple blouses and are listening to this, stop it. Stop what? Listening to this. No. And or wearing that purple blouse. No. You wear that blouse and you wear it proud, whoever you are. No. And don't do it. And you listen to this too because we need your ears. <laughs> All right. Why don't you start? Why don't you start? Well- I, I think it's kind of funny you asked me to start uh not funny but just I, I I wanted to start a little bit lighter. So uh something that came to mind 
was um, the transition from middle school to high school. Of course. I, I think you may have put this down as well. Or yeah. You? And of course, obviously a transition everyone is going to go through. Yeah. Like I said. Um, it's a, a weird transition. It, it's a weird sentence because <laughs> when you do it you no longer how to say the ch sound <laughs> you only say transition um i think it's just be because it, it, you feel like you've grown up and it, it i feel like it's even different than like high school to college almost um although although i didn't have that dramatic of a change when i went to high school to college besides not going to high school <laughs> right um but you feel like you, like you feel like you're in a movie almost because there's so much movies made out of high school experience. All, yeah, there's no there's, so there's much, no middle school experience movie. Well, there there are, but they're just way 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 less, and it's and it's way different being in middle school because you're just so awkward and weird, and your arms are long, and you're you smell like garbage, and. You just you go to high school and you start growing into yourself and you start finding yourself. Yeah, when you're in middle school, you don't know who you are. You definitely think you know who Dude, you I, are. I don't remember any of middle school, like any of it. I remember a good portion of it, but I'll get to that later. I like I don't I don't remember it. I remember a lot of high school, um, but like I don't remember anything from middle school. And I think it was just because I just I completely disassociated myself from that that part of myself. Now I, I I'm a completely different person. Right. Um. Which is weird to say, but I, I, I am like I really. Am. I feel like, I feel like because we're such different people than we were in middle school. When we refer to a story or we refer to ourselves in middle school, that person for me should no longer be named Kyle. I yeah. don't want that person to be named Kyle when I refer to them. 100%. They should be something, some name that is awful. That should be some atrocious name that I refer to as. That should not be young Kyle. It should be something else. Let's, I don't know let's, what. Let's name them. What is uh, what's the most atrocious? See, I don't want to say a real name also that exists, and then someone listening to this be like, "Hey, that's my name," but I'm gonna do that because some <laughs> names some names are just atrocious, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go for that. What is a what is a really bad name? I don't want to go for like the stereotypical ones that are bad either, like Eugene. No one likes the name Eugene, but I don't want to name my young self Eugene. Banked. Banked. <laughs> you know that name, Banked. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That that's your guy's name. Baint, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. His name is Baint. My guy's name is Muhammad. <laughs> the most common name legitimately in the whole world. Well, Muhammad Smith. <laughs> <laughs> legitimately most popular first name in the entire world. Most popular last name in the entire world. Yeah. That's young you. <laughs> Just super basic, nothing special about him. Just really weird. Super predictable Muhammad Smith. Yeah. I I remember I actually I do remember like my first couple of days of middle school, um, because I I remember like my mom wanted to do like a weird photo shoot thing where she was like say goodbye to elementary school you're going to middle school now, and like I did a couple of weird things in the hallway at my old elementary school and then I went to middle school and I thought okay middle school got to change my look and I came to school on the first day with a vest. Whoa. And fedora. No way. Oh, yeah, I did. Vest and fedora. I was wow. like, everyone's going to wear this. I saw that JC Penney's on the mannequin. <laughs> Bruno Mars just came out with a new song, and he was wearing that. <laughs> and I felt so stupid. Oh, dude. I, I was like, I'm never wearing this again. And I also used to wear um, South Pole jeans. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who may not uh, be familiar with South Pole jeans, uh, 
it's typically an uh, older, you know, black men brand of clothing in general. Yeah. And I just love the way they look. I was like, man, these jeans look so cool. And my mom didn't want to like discourage that kind of expression. So she was like, okay, sure. I'll let them wear the South Pole. And everyone, when I walked past, they'd be like, are those South Pole jeans? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs> Aren't they pretty cool? Have, have you ever seen a guy like me wear these jeans? No. I didn't know what, I didn't know they were for black people. Like, I just didn't know. But I, I wore South Pole jeans, this little skinny white Dude, boy. I got to say, I had just the most insane amount of confidence when I was in middle school. So if you give me the option to wear vest fedora first day, I would have strutted through school the entire day. I really thought I was bad. I I just I wasn't. <laughs> I had transition legends and everything. Oh it was my so bad. Dude, imagine walking in from school and it looks like you've got it looks like you've got tinted sunnies on as well <laughs> with the vest and fedora because of your transition glasses. I look like a, I look like a little blind man. <laughs> <laughs> With the vest on, you yes! definitely would look like a blind man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude, I, dude, and then I went from that to playing football in ninth grade. Oh, uh, and so you like, were a tiny little twig in in middle so, school as well. Yeah, and I, I, I grew into myself a little bit. So in ninth grade at weigh-in uh, for football, I was 140 pounds, which saying that now, it's it seems incomprehensible like incomprehensible because I weigh a hundred pounds more now, which is insane to me. I don't know yeah. how that's possible, um, but that's true. And, and I guess I was ninth grade, so I was like fourteen years old. So it's a, you know it makes sense. Yeah, I was also playing football, so I was very, very active. I was just constantly, constantly outside running and doing stuff. And I just I guess I just stopped doing that. But I remember being you know. Eighth grade going into ninth grade, we were in football over the summer doing, you know, um, conditioning. And my first day, they had like three different stations. The freshmen were on a station, sophomores and juniors were in a station, and the seniors were in a station. So the sophomores and juniors were on the track, and they were pushing, um, they were doing stadiums. And the way we did stadiums, we would run up the stadium and bear crawl down the stadium. Mm-hmm. They were pushing the coaches' trucks, three of them, all around the stadium, you know, in, in like perfect, you know, um, you know, circular motions, like they're each, each, each equidistant from each other. And then we were on the field, but the, the seniors were in the weight room for the first day. And I had not been in the weight room yet. And I'm, the doors cracked open. And I remember being on the, on the football field, like they were just, you know, doing jogging. And I was jogging around the field. And I like kind of looked in. And you know when you look at something and you begin to hear it? Yes. I looked through the door and all I heard was just metal clanging, which obviously was the bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. And I just heard people screaming. And I was, it was like the most like movie moment ever because you're like, oh God, what's in there? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it was the weirdest thing. What are the seniors doing there? Like, like there was like, ah! <laughs> and this metal clanging. And I was like, what is going on? I, I felt like a fish out of water. Of course, there was 50 other freshmen on the team too. Mm-hmm. So like it was like, you know, it didn't, it wasn't that much different, but that whole summer, oh my gosh, it was exhausting. Like I just, we would just come home and just eat me, I mean, me and Tristan. Well, Tristan was also doing football, but in a different area, we would come home and we would eat like an entire box of spaghetti and meatballs. Like we would cook a box of spaghetti, me and him, and we would make meatballs and just eat the entire thing. I used to eat. Gotta like, get that protein. I used to eat like 
exorbitant amounts of food. Like I, I, I kind of still am a garbage disposal <laughs> when it comes to food. Yeah, you just shovel it in. But I used to be even more so. Like I used to just eat, eat, eat. But like that transition for me was so wild and different. And then I kept on creeping through high school and I started noticing that, okay, I'm obviously not a football star. <laughs> um, and this is obviously not a fit for me. I don't like the, for lack of a better word, toxic masculinity, but mostly the guys are just jerks um, that I'm, you know, playing mm-hmm. with. I, the coaches don't like me. So I'm just done with football. I'll find something else to do. And I just stumbled. I literally stumbled into theater. I don't know what I would be. I don't know how I could be myself now without theater, but I stumbled into it and like I've changed so much since then. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've grown a better conscience. I can't imagine what person I would be if I still, if I played football all throughout high school and never went and did a show, I, I wouldn't meet half the people that I've met. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be the person I am. I, I just, I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, if I had not stumbled in Miss Gephardt's class, yeah. And just, you know, signed up for for it because I knew I knew I needed an arts credit. I knew it was going to be an easy A. Yeah. The, that trickle of events would never happen. Yeah. And, and all those transitions for high school were weird because I went from playing football to doing a straight play, which was, you know, normal. Kind of like you're reading an English class, but you're on stage. You know, I, I've done that before at church. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in that ballpark. I'm in that zone. And then the next the next thing I'm doing a musical and I'm, I, I have no musical knowledge at all. I've never done anything musical. I've never read music. So I, I, I've never sang on stage like by myself. So I I was like, there's all that anxiety with that. And then the next, you know, during that run of the musical, someone comes up to me and said, Hey, you should try for show choir. I'm like, I, I, I've never sang on stage. You think I should do show choir? Are you crazy? You're pretty. So I guess I'll try out. (laughs) That's kind of how it happened. That's a driving factor <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot a, a of the especially time. Especially when you're 16 years old. Uh-huh. So I, I, I tried out for show choir and that that whole thing. I mean, just yeah. that whole I think, outlook yeah. on life changed forever. Yeah, I mean, I think a, like a pretty quick conclusion from there is that if you kept playing football, you'd be a really bad person right now. I and that be. all football players are terrible people. That's a great conclusion to, to get from this, isn't it? <laughs> well, I, I think... I think I think I would be just way more self like I mean I already am really really self conscious so I can't imagine how that would have developed under football right like constantly being shafted and con- like trying so hard and never being able to amount to that and you know of course in a small town like Crestview it, it you know you had this notoriety from playing football mm-hmm. like people start when they're really young and they practice and they get good 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 like the, you know it's one of those football towns so it's very hard to just break in and be like, Hey, I'm hot stuff. Right. You know, and I wasn't hot stuff. I was very bad at it. Yeah. So um, yeah, at the, at the beginning of this, you brought up, you know, the middle school to high school transition, you know, yeah, finding yourself in high school, which of course is true. And, you know, becoming more of yourself. Isn't it kind of disgusting to think that that starts at the age of 14. That's so young. Like when I look back at myself going from eighth to ninth grade and myself then thinking high school is where I'm going to become a lot of who I am. That's going to be a lot like a lot of my personality will kind of be defined in this four years. But the fact that I'm 14 years old that starting that, that's so young. That doesn't seem that young to me. I mean, if you said 12, I'd be like, OK, that's a little young. But I, I, 14 makes sense to me. 
That's, uh, I, I mean, at 16, you're, you're most powerful. So I, Of course, right. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, to only have two years to grow into that <laughs> yeah. and to have a personality before you have that ultimate power, that's not a lot of time. Yeah. But, I mean, and again, I think that's kind of everyone's stories. Like, I was young and scrawny, and then I, you know, some people some people never find themselves in high school. Some people just, you know, they continue with quote-unquote mediocrity if they just continue on the same kind of path mm-hmm. and they kind of stay the same. Uh, but I did some flips in high school i flipped the script hard um so yeah yeah and i mean obviously we're uh, we're always continuing to find ourselves and define more of who we are but also anyone that didn't find themselves in high school like maybe they started that process when they got to college or midway through college or even if like if i had started that process now i'm still only 22 Mm -hmm. like better late than never but still 22 is a very young age to start finding to start finding whatever it is that you want to be not prof- like in terms of profession but like in terms of what you want to be as a person and what values you want to hold 20 stu- 22 is still a young age to be deciding those things um so i so i guess my point from that is if if you feel like you're not who you want to be and you feel like you're just kind of behind the curve there really is no curve whatever time you find yourself awesome Take it at your pace. Do you know? Do you? But live your life. Live your life and find yourself in the context of finding yourself without hurting others. Yeah, that's the point. For sure. Um, your turn. Let's see. What do I want to start with? I'll probably do the heavy hitter last. Okay. I'll, I'll probably end with it. Okay. Um. So I guess. I mean, I'll just kind of continue the, the trend going from high school to state college. The two years I spent in state college. Okay. The high school was very, very involved for me, especially my senior year. Senior year was just back to back to back to back events and and plans and sports and show choir and theater and a lot of AP classes and senior year was packed and that was like a semi transition for me also was like the first half of co- of high school to the second half of high school. Yeah. Because even going up through the first half of high school and in middle school, I was like, I was, like I said before, I was a very, I was very confident in myself. Not in like a, I think I'm the best looking guy around, but in a, I am who I am. That's fine. But so I, I, I got bullied quite a bit up through like that first half of high school mm-hmm. just cause I, I don't know. People didn't like me. I think at that time I had I had decided for myself that some people bullied me, like on my soccer team, for instance. They were upset that I was as good as I was, and so they bullied me for it because they wanted to be in my shoes. That's how I justified it for myself. I don't know what the real case was, but I just remember always thinking that and being like, whatever, I'm still confident in who I am. They just they just want to be me, and they can't be me, and they're mad about it. I remember I remember telling myself that. So I was bullied a lot throughout the first sec- half of high school. But then in that second half, I don't really know what about my personality changed. Except to say that I stopped being bullied and I made a lot more friends in the second half of high school. I knew basically everybody yeah. those last two years. And I was very I was very buddy-buddy with basically everybody. I think I had become a lot more aware of how ignorantly cocky I was. 
because I think I've told this story before about a friend of mine who was who told me that she hated me in middle school because she was in band and she, I, she, I just thought that I was so full of myself and that she no longer hated me at that point. I think there was some point in high school where I became very aware that I was too into myself and then I just sort of stopped. You know, I just kind of started focusing on other people instead. And I think it was kind of in that transition I made for myself where I started to get to know everybody. And I, like I said, I knew everybody in high school. Every class I had, I was friends with everybody in there. And any classes I didn't have and still just people in, saw people in the halls, I was friends with those people. You even knew this guy named Jacob Smith. I knew that guy. And then for some reason, he's the only one that stuck around. So <laughs> I got stuck with him here. But so I said that to say coming out of high school into state college, I went from having a billion and a half friends. Of course, a lot of them were acquaintances, but I would say that I had a good, like, you know, 40 to 50 real friends that, like, if I texted them to hang out, they would text back and probably say yes. Or, like, if I was like, can you help me with this? They would say yes. There are probably, like, 40 to 50 of those people. Mm -hmm. And so to go from that to almost immediately going to, like, five, if that. Almost immediately, because, you know, we a lot of us hung out during the summer and then people moved away to go to whatever colleges they were going to. Or they did, you know, they did whatever they did. And I was at home. Some of them are obviously still at home, but we just stopped hanging out. And there's not a reason for it other than high school ended. And so we no longer have that commonality. I mean, we no longer see each other five days a week. Right. Yeah. So. We, we don't see each other that often. We no longer have that commonality that we did. So. There are some people Game over. There are some people that you will literally be best friends with because only for the sole reason you see them five days a week. Like I think about people that I used to work with that I used to be pretty close with. Or I say pretty close with, but I just I, I was very friendly with them at yeah. work, but like I wouldn't be friends with them if I didn't work with them five days a week. Yeah. And you that's know? that's a huge thing you don't realize until you're out of high school. Yeah. And then you tell people in high school, you're like, you are gonna lose a lot of these people. And every single person you tell that's in high school is always like, no, no, I, maybe for you, but like, I'm going to keep some of these friends. I, some of them, yes. Some of them. As many as you think you will, absolutely not. Is there going to be a high school reunion for us? Is it, it's our fifth year out, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe. I have no idea. Do you intend on going? <laughs> no, maybe. It probably, it probably will be this summer. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess if I can find people, like, if it happens... I would go text people that I'd want to see there and say, are you going? Mm -hmm. And if the majority of the answer is no, I'm not going. Yeah. So suffice it to say from like 40 to 50 to five that I saw on a regular basis for the two years that I was home. Some of them who were people that I didn't go to high school with, like Sara, for instance, hung out a lot with Sara. And of course, a yeah. lot of my friend group also came from the church. And so she carried over from high school to college because right. she wasn't like part of the high school experience. So we had no reason to stop being friends because yeah. we were intentionally friends outside of seeing each other five times a day, yep. five times a week, because we didn't see each other five times a week. So that transition was really difficult. And then also immediately out of high school, I started working. I hadn't worked before. And so then I started working at Hungry Howie's. And so having my weekends be booked with work instead of having time to just go hang out with someone that I wanted to. But then also if I did have the free time, not being able to hang out with people because I didn't have this 
pool of people to choose from. Like if there was a Friday and I saw and I was like, do you two want to hang out? And both of them said no. I had 38 other people to go to if they wanted to hang out. And then in this case, if I asked two people they wanted to hang out and they said no, I'm not hanging out tonight. Guess I'm I'm home. I'm at home. That's 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 what's happening for me. Yeah. So that that transition of having just nobody like that two years was rough for me. And I know I've said this before on the podcast, too. But before I got to UF, I senior year was what I wanted to go back to. I didn't care at all about those two years at Northwest the entire time. I just wanted to go back to high school, which is kind of sad to think about that. I wanted to go back to high school so badly. I used to think about that. I used to be like, man, high school was the bomb. Like I'm going to, I love high school, you know, like, yeah. you know it's going to be great. And then now I look back at it and I'm like, Oh yeah, that kind of sucked. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's a lot of, bad stuff there's not a lot of great stuff you know i guess you just don't have any fan reference outside of high school once you're in high school no yeah and like me personally because there are some people who are who, from, the, from the gate are like i hate this thing this, this sucks yeah and I, and I hate those people i, I hated be, hated being around those people because i was like well you're making it sucky because you think it sucks yeah and a lot of people are just like uh i uh, i hate school education is so hard and i don't i don't need this i don't want to be here and then like they didn't they didn't want to learn, and so the whole crux of high school was learning, and so they're like, oh, I hate it here all the time. Those, I, Honestly, if you were that person, I'm not speaking to you right now. This message is not for you. Yeah, probably. This message is for the people that really loved their experience and then got immediately shoved out of it. Yeah. That's what, that's what this transition is for, is loving your experience in high school and then immediately hating what you got shoved into after that. Which for me was that two years of state college where I just didn't know anybody at state college. Nobody wanted to know each other at state college. We're all like people from ranging from like 18 to 50 years old yeah. that are trying to just get the class that you're getting, the gen ed or whatever that you're doing, get it over with and go back home so you can focus on what you're really trying to get to for your future. You know, go back home and work and save up money for what you're trying to do in the future. State college is just a stepping stone where I, I'm not trying to make connections or anything. I'm just trying to move on, at least in my case and the people in my classes, that was their case because, you know, we're all kind of on that same track. So, yeah, that transition was just it, – it hit me pretty hard because, you know, I mean, I love people. I love being around people. I'm very extroverted. And so my – my me recharging does not involve me being alone me recharging and being like man what a hard week this is what i'm gonna do to kind of center myself that recharge for me is extroverted in which and meaning i need people around me always and so the fact that almost all the time i was just kind of alone obviously we got to hang out with sara a lot we, we, you know, yeah, we, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We got oh. to hang out with Sara a lot. And so we had we had a lot of those hangouts. But, you know, all the in between there was like there was nothing else. And so it was just very. I felt alone. I felt very alone. And of course, I still had my church community and I was leading the youth band for the people that were younger than me because, you know, Chuck and Ashley had their situation. And so I was leading that. And so I still had people at the church as well. But we also started hanging out less. Yeah, I mean, I was I was working a lot, and you know, um, I was doing school, and then whenever I got into the the scholarship program, um, I started doing shows and rehearsals and all that kind of stuff, and then I started making uh, friends there. So our roles kind of invert and inverted. So there was you know a time where um, you and I hung out 
around the same amount that I would hang out with my college friends. So, you know, if you didn't have that extra person, that mean, that would have meant that you would have been alone. Yeah. That kind of would have, I mean, I, and I kind of feel like the same thing happened to me in high school. I later on in high school, I had, um, a girlfriend at the time. So I would hang out with her and then theater friends that had, that was a thing. So I had those people, but I, I mean, I didn't have a wealth of friends that yeah. I was going out with and normally, and it's kind of, unfortunate but in the church community i was a lot of the times left out of hangouts and get-togethers i don't know why i just kind of was it just was kind of like the last person who people would think about not always but most of the time hmm. um so i think they're the 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 thing i would say is most important is rem- making sure you let those people know that you have that they're valuable and that you love them. Yeah, I think the important thing to know is it's something I've so the past four weeks for all of us that are graduating right now at the BCM, Eddie has kind of gotten us seniors together for the past four weeks and been we we've had four different conversations about what life is gonna look like coming out of college. And one of those things is that obviously we're gonna lose a lot of friends again. I have again, I have this huge wealth of friends now at the BCM here at UF. Um and once they have graduated and once I leave next year, I'm going to lose a lot of those people who I may never see to or talk to again. Like they're my friends here. Um, but and the people. So the point is the people I want to keep around. I there has to be an intentionality of maintaining those friendships and keeping them in your life, which could be the same, which could the same can be said coming out of high school, of course. Yeah. But I would argue that would be more important coming out of college because you have nothing else that you're transitioning to outside of whatever job you go to. Like college is the main point in your life where you're going to make if if you go to college. It's got it's that point in your life where you're going to make the most amount of friends that you can. It's honestly the place where I have the best chance of finding my future wife. That's college. That's what this is. And so once I leave, the friends that I've made that I that right now that I intend on keeping those friendships, there has to be an intentionality for that. So in that transition that's coming up is analogous to that transition out of high school is that the people that you want to keep around, you have to make the effort to keep them around. So far, all our, all our transitions have had a message. And I'm really here for it. Uh, I think we'll do one more each. Okay. That's good. So if you've got one more good transition. I think I have one more. We've kind of, obviously, like I said, we're, we've led semi-privileged lives and also we're young. So a lot of our transition has been based around school. That's kind of just part of it. But if you really want to go there, almost 85 to 90% of our lives has been in school. Yeah. So, I mean, I've uh, been in school since I was four years old and I'm currently 22. So... I love what Dubose says. He's he's been in school for like fifty years. <laughs> it went from college straight to teaching, and has get, not stopped. I know. I, honestly, I I I don't. I would never do that. <laughs> like I I I'd be okay with teaching later on in life. I would just not want to go straight from getting a degree to teaching. I know I, some people want to teach, and that's what they want to do with their lives. And more power to you. We need teachers. We love teachers. If you want to teach. Do that because that's what you love. So go do it. I just could never do that. Yeah. Anyway, that's my aside. 
last transition for you? Uh, something that uh, happened pretty recently, actually, was uh, moving out of Mama and Daddy's pop. Mm? Mom, Mom and Dad's pop and shop. Mom and Dad's pop and shop. Moving out of the Smith residence. Right. I, I think that's something that I always fantasized. I, I always thought about moving out. Right. And I don't know why. I, I I think it was just because it was so it was so unattainable for so long. Um, to get out. Yeah. I, there was no reason for me to move out other than oh I I want more freedom. So I couldn't. I, I feel like I couldn't say that to my parents. And there was no reason for me me to move out because I was you know in school. It, right, it, school was only fifteen minutes away, and I, yeah, of course. That, I mean, we both lived at home while we were going to Northwest because, I mean, why wouldn't we? Yeah, it, easy way to save money. Save money, and you know, it's just easier. But man, I, I really did not. I, it was one of the worst things ever to be like, oh no, I got to be home at midnight because mm-hmm. you know, or I can't be out with you guys much longer, or, or I need to ride it home back. You know, it, it was just. It always tied me down, and then there was always this this stress about being at home, and you know, not that I lived in a bad house. I don't live in a bad house. I love you know my family, but there's just this point where you feel like you you're no longer needed there, and I right. way exceeded that point. Like I told you know my boss like every summer, like yeah, I'm gonna move out, I'm gonna move out, I'm gonna mm-hmm. leave, you know, and this is that, and I never did it. And finally, last summer. I came to the point where I was like, I'm going to go no matter what, even if, even if, you know, I don't make it to UF, which I didn't, but I said, I still need to leave. And yeah. Cause I think at some point in your home life, like you said, you kind of, you kind of realize that you're just in your home life are the exact same motions that you've been going through since you can remember mm-hmm. is going home and mom's saying, do the dishes. And then you do the dishes. And then you fold your laundry and maybe you watch some TV and you go to bed. And that's what that home life is. You know, you have friends that you walk outside of your house and then you go hang out with people in different capacities than you did when you were younger. But then the second you walk back into that house, it's the exact same as it's been since you were eight years old. That inside the home lifestyle has almost never changed. And eventually you're like, I just want to not do this anymore. I just want to change. Yeah, I I really needed a change. And I, and I don't feel like I've had this exponential growth this past year since I've been living in Gainesville. Like I haven't like, I guess I found myself a little bit more. Um, and I've been trying to do a little bit of self-discovery, but it, it, like I said, it's not that much different, but it is like, I, I haven't had that, you know, cause it be, and mostly because of COVID, I haven't had that crazy opportunity to just go out and do whatever I want late at night and just have no, cares or you know no regrets or anything like that but i've i have found you know some things that i love to do like cooking like i've gotten the opportunity to cook for myself more and like explore that part of myself um and uh i've gotten to meet some new people and like live on my own and i think part of it also is just being self-reliant is something that i never um well I, I pretty much have been somewhat reliant on myself for I was about to say you've been self reliant for for quite a few years. 
yeah, I you mean, know, obviously needing help here and there, but like you've been having to pay some of your own bills and you've been working since the middle of high school. Yeah. I mean, and I guess that that's, it's just to build, you know, character and that kind of stuff. Right. But to be like completely self-reliant, like, you know, if, if something had happened to my car, I had to figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. here. And I guess living at home while being at school kind of prepared me for that too. Cause I can, you know, ask then, Hey, mm-hmm. what do I do in this situation? So it hasn't been, you know, seamless. <laughs> yeah. I think for me that the initial move out was a, a very different scenario. Cause when I initially moved out, I went to live on campus and I lived in the dorms for two years. And the first time I went, I moved in with strangers cause I'd, I had a late application to move in. And so I got put into a late application triple, which meant I wasn't choosing anybody. I just got put in with two strangers. Um, and I just remember the first night I, the first night I was, or the second night I was there after my family had left for, for good for the weekend. And I was just kind of, uh, at college for the first time by myself. I had that conversation with the first roommate who had showed up and we talked for like three hours straight just because like we didn't know each other. So obviously I'm there making a new friend, but also this is a new person that I'm going to live with for an entire year that we have just met each other. And that was, I mean, that's kind of nerve wracking. So my initial move out experience was getting thrown into a dorm with a stranger where we don't have separate rooms. Our beds are on top of one another. And that was the situation. And so that, so that initial experience, it made the change very drastic for me. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of space for all my stuff. I didn't have, I, I just, I didn't have a space that was completely mine. You know, I had a space that was thirdly mine. Yeah. And then uh, the third roommate moved out eventually. So then the space was halfly mine, but still it was a very, it was very odd. And then the next year I moved in with a person that I knew from BCM, Colin. I lived with him for me for a year instead. Colin, if you're listening to this, I love you. Love you, babe. <laughs> and that was a very different scenario as well, because I was getting thrown in with a stranger and this was someone else that also shared the beliefs that I share. So we got to have those conversations as well. Um, and so, uh, But again, it was a space that was halfly mine. Um, but it was someone else that I was also more comfortable talking with. Um, and now here I've moved off campus and into a full-on apartment. Um, with your best friend. Exactly. And of course, this has been during COVID. So it's, but it's led to us doing a podcast, which we want to do for a long time. And... Um, you know, it's led to a lot of different things for me. So my so my move out experience was kind of like this three step process, which will move forward after I do my master's next year. I'll have a different move out process where I go completely on my own to wherever yeah. I end up. So once that transition happens, I'll let you all know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah. So, yeah, definitely moving here was a big transition, not specifically to this apartment. Because I'd kind of been in the, I've already been away from home for a while, but initially moving was a big one for me as well. Mm-hmm. Back in 2018, three years ago. Yeah, 2018. So the last one for me also will not be school related as yours was not. Um, and this is this is the heavy hitter, folks. This is um, this is where you want to get out some tissues um, if you're a crier. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't plan on making this too sad. Yeah, we'll but. See. If you don't know anything about me, or not this specifically about me, in 2010, so 11 years ago, well, 10 and a half technically, but 10 and a half years ago, 
when I was 12 years old, my father passed away. Now, our our home life in general was not that father involved. He was there, and he took us to sporting events because he wanted to see us kick butt. That was like his driving factor in life was getting to see us kick other people's butts in sports because we were the best, or at least I was. And so that's what I did. I went out and kicked butt. And it was... But like I said, it wasn't very father-involved. He wasn't the greatest person. And I've learned over the years, now that I'm older and, you know, that my mom is more willing to share things with me, that he was worse than I thought he was. And that's where I'll leave that. But he I, I, like, he was an alcoholic and he, he smoked a lot. And he had diabetes and he didn't take care of himself. So, like, I remember one time, I, I don't know how old I was, I was young. I woke up and I legitimately, I, I must have been pretty young because I remember legitimately thinking that there was an elephant in the house. I remember thinking, like, not like, oh, it sounds like an elephant. I legitimately thought an elephant has invaded our home and I'm going to go witness it because there was this noise coming from the living room, just this, and for some reason, my brain thought elephant, I guess. But so I walk out there and my dad is just convulsing on the ground because he's having one of his diabetes attacks because he doesn't have any insulin. And so I'm, I got to go feed him Cheerios to get him to calm down because that's what we had to do. We had to get him Cheerios and orange juice if diabetes ever hit him. Um, and then, like, it, there are so many stories. We were we, – he had this big white truck because he would paint. And it was like – it, it wasn't like – not like a pickup truck. It was one of those big – what does it look like? Um, I'm, you, you know those vans that sometimes the windows are just – painted over white like they don't actually you can't see through them it was one of those things but a little bit bigger and he had just this massive he just accumulated all this garbage and put it in the back of this truck and so we were all just was sitting in that truck with him and we were driving to somewhere and he has one of these attacks in the middle of driving and so the car is like swerving into the middle of the road and i don't think this is what happened but in my memory walter had gone to the steering wheel and i had gone to the gas pedal to pull us into the to the tom thumb so like we had to do like this like this two-man thing of him steering and me pumping the brakes and the gas to get us somewhere because my dad was like not in control of his body Wow! and walter ran into the tom thumb and is screaming like please help me my dad is going crazy he can't control himself and no one believed him because he was like a kid and it took forever us for us to get like ambulances and emts there to feed him the cheerios and um orange juice he needed point being Home life was never that father involved and he was kind of crazy and he wasn't that helpful to us ever. But all that to say, I was young and didn't understand that much about that kind of thing. And so I still loved my dad and I still liked when he was around. And anytime I had a soccer game, if ever I was playing up forward, anytime the ball got reset to center and we scored a goal or at the start of the game, my dad would always be in the stands going, charge the goal. He would scream that every time that ball got reset. Um, and then eventually we learned one day, we woke up on this Tuesday morning. It was a Tuesday morning. Had to have been. I woke up on a Tuesday morning and my grandparents and youth pastor and the pastor of our church, um, some other people are in the living room of our house. It was like eight in the morning. And I was confused. I was 12. Walter was less confused. He was 14. He would, I'd give, he was, it was November. So 2010, he must've been a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think 
I think he understood a little bit of the situation. I think he was kind of aware. I don't I don't think I was that aware of what was happening. I just saw people and I was like, hey, cool guys. And then, of course, Aaron was 10 and Ariel was eight. Gosh, that's so young. Um, And so then they, they explained to us that morning what's happened. Um, I don't bel- I don't think that I cried on the spot. I know I cried later. I know Aaron and Ariel definitely cried on the spot. And Walter was like, you know, Walter, he was trying, he was also trying to hold together. He was like, he was the same as me at that point. We were, we were not going to cry. Like we were just going to take it. We were going to let them leave. And then we'd figure out our emotions later. Mm-hmm. Um, so that transition, cause like I said, I know that I loved my dad that whole time, but I, I'm, I also think that I knew well, I know that I knew that my mom was not a fan of my dad because we had plenty of instances like he came to our house drunk one time and tried to break in the door with a shovel because we had kicked him out of the house. Like when I say he had a heart attack, he died in the woods where he was living at the time because we had kicked him out of the house again and he had nowhere else. Like he was living in the woods and had a heart attack there. So like we he was in and out of the house and it was. I honestly don't know really where, know where I'm going with this. I just I I know that my mom was not a fan of him, and I I, I just knew that I also still loved him while she honestly probably didn't. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, it was hard for me to try and. It was hard for me to bring myself to talk to my mom about the situation and say things like "I miss dad," and say things like "I'm I don't know what to do" because. I knew that, of course, she was sad that he was gone. It was someone that at some point she decided she wanted to marry and have four kids with. But somewhere in my brain was telling me that she wasn't nearly as sad as the rest of us because he was just so awful to her. And part of me knew that he was. And again, like I said, I didn't know how awful until recently. But like part of me then knew that he was bad to her. Right. So I didn't want to I didn't want to come to her and say those things and say, like, I miss him. Uh, like I want dad back and I don't know what to do help. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of felt like I was dealing th- with these things kind of by myself. And, and we've talked about this before. I'm not the most emotionally available person, That's especially true. when it comes to something like this. Yeah. So like, I wasn't going to go talk to any of my siblings about it. I would try to comfort Aaron and Ariel if, and cause they were, you know, they, they were a little more open about it. I remember, Aaron one time just walked in and just like jumped on the couch and cried. It was like two days after dad died. And I remember mom saying like, she wasn't aware that he was crying. Like he just kind of buried his face in the couch. And I remember she was like, come on, you gotta go do your homework. And he turned over and was just sobbing and was like, I miss dad. And like, and then of course we tried to comfort him then, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do that. I, so I felt like I was dealing with things alone. I wasn't going to go to my siblings about it. I wasn't going to talk to people about it. Um, it was just, it was just so bizarre and having to deal with everyone else trying to comfort me. I remember after it happened, of course we didn't go to school for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in middle school when it happened. I was in seventh grade. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Had to have been. So seventh grade and I, w- a lot of us hung out in the band room cause you know, we were in band. So we would all hang out in the band room for that 15 minutes before the first class started before that warning bell. And I remember after the couple of days we had spent not going to school, I remember I walked into the band room and of course it's always loud in the band room. People are having conversations. The first period percussion team is like, you know, warming up and like 
hitting the marimbas and that kind of thing. And so I walk in and not three seconds after I walk in, the room goes silent. Everyone looks at me and knows what has happened. Everyone looks at me and knows the situation. I've, I don't know everybody in the band room, but I know most of them. But I had, I didn't text anybody. Like, I don't even think I had a phone. I didn't have a phone at this point in my yeah, life. Like, I didn't text anybody and be like, guys, this happened to me, blah, blah, blah. I, word got around. Yeah. And, and the room goes dead silent. And there's this, there's this room in the back that we all have cubbies in to go put our instruments in. And so I just kind of walk through this sea of people and go put my clarinet away all completely silently. And Adele and CJ come back to me at the back and they're like, you good? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Just this, that was weird. I don't like it. And so they went back and they were like, ah, go on. You get back, you go back to work. They're like, you know, nothing to see here. And so I tried to have a day of normalcy, but anytime I like, I left class to go get a drink of water and someone ran into me a hall. It was all the same. It was, oh, I'm so sorry about your dad. And I was like, oh, thanks. It's okay. It, you didn't kill him. And then they would go back to class. It was the same conversation all the time. And I do, I do remember almost bursting into tears in class because I went up to ask my teacher if I could go to the bathroom. And for some reason, like I was, I immediately just started welling up. Like I was, I literally just stood up to go talk to a person. That's how much I really didn't talk to people about this because I literally just wanted to ask my teacher if I could go to the restroom and then just saying words to another person made me well up because yeah. I just didn't talk about this to anybody. So immediately once I started talking to someone, my body was like, talk about your feelings, <laughs> get it out of your system. And of course I said, no body, that's stupid. No, no body. one wants to bear my problems. I will bear them alone. But that whole transition of just having those conversations of, you know, yeah, I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah, we're great. Mom's doing good. Walter's okay. Aaron's been a little sad. Ariel doesn't know what to do with just the same for weeks on end. It never ended. And then, of course, having to figure out, like, like I said, my dad wasn't always around, but when he was, was when he was around, he was working and he was doing painting jobs and stuff like that. And so there was a little money coming from him. And then immediately that was gone. It was just my mom's pre-K teacher salary, which which ain't a lot. Yeah. Um. So you know we just went through this transition of one and a half parent household to one parent household. Um. And of course, my mom is a super mom. She is. Um. Love you, Kelly. Don't know. I don't know how she kept us afloat that whole time. And of course, that also transitioned me into this relationship with my uncle that we really hadn't had before. My uncle is just, he provides so much for us. And like we all each individually have cars and that's been a huge part because of him and the current house we live in, he bought and we pay rent to him. Um, it, it's been this huge scenario of, and he also doesn't have children of his own. And it kind of feels like we are his children after my dad passed. And so that transition kind of brought us into this relationship with my uncle that I very much cherish. And that the relationship with my uncle is what made me want to come to UF in the first place. Cause that's where he, this is where he graduated from. Right. Um, so I say that, to, I don't know why I say that to say, I'm just saying this, the transition that happened was one that I, I, I hate that I had to go through at such a young age. And especially as emotionally unavailable as I was, I still am kind of emotionally unavailable yeah, when it are. comes to things like that. I that's why I've kind of been 
really quiet in these last 10 minutes because I wanted to let you just go Yeah, for so it. I don't really know where I'm going with all that, all, uh, except to say that I went through this period in my life and I was pretty young. It kind of sucks that I had to go through it. Um, obviously, no one should lose a parent that young. At least not a like, especially not an age where they can remember it. Because you know, you have some people that are like, you know, um, my dad died when I was, you know, a year old. You know, like I don't remember it. Like, obviously, that sucks that their dad died, but that's certainly a more fortunate position than remembering your dad, obviously, and having that twelve years and then him suddenly being gone, or fourteen years and Walters, or ten or eight, whatever. Yeah. And once you're at an age you can remember. And then again, being the person that I was, that was just a very long time of not really knowing what to do with myself. Yeah. Other than just kind of hold it in because no one else wanted to bear that burden in my mind. I was not going to, no one wanted to bear that burden. No one wanted to hear about my problems, especially that big of a problem. No one wanted to deal with that. And I, that was what my brain was telling me. So I was like, you know what? This is my, this is my burden to deal with. I'll just deal with it for a while until it stops making me sad. Yeah. I have um, pretty vivid memories of your dad passing away um, the week that happened, which is funny because we weren't that very, we weren't that close Mm -mm. at that point. Um, But I think we did have a class together. Was it, was it seventh grade that we had a class together? I think we had Miss Jones together. Yeah. For science, whatever science that was. Yeah. Um, so I knew you and we had class together. We obviously went to church together. Yeah. Um, but we were not best friends yet. No. Uh, but I remember youth group that week because you guys did come to youth group. Yeah, we came to youth group because, um, I knew that, I knew that was one thing I was going to do was just sing music as loudly as I could. Um, and I, was it Pastor Dave or Pastor Tim that was there? It was PT. PT. Yeah. Mm. That's what I thought. Because I, I know Pastor Dave was there when Robert's mom passed Yeah, away, Pastor is, Dave was only there for like the first two weeks I was in youth group. Yeah. And then that was when he had gone and Pastor Tim came in. So it was Pastor Tim that was there. But I remember that like super vividly, like those couple weeks, mm-hmm. like just kind of being in youth group with you guys. And um, am I wrong or did my mom make you guys uh, fried chicken during that week? Or was it another time? I'm sure she did. A, a lot, a lot, a lot of people, of course, because that's what when someone passes away, that a lot of people just, especially when you're part of a church community, they everyone cook. just comes and brings you food. Yeah, cook and you know, so you guys don't have to, you know, make food or think about that. Yeah. Um. Which is, I mean, it, I I think that's the only thing that you can think to do to console somebody, besides hug them, which is uncomfortable. <laughs> so, make them a thing and make, bring it to them. Yeah, and see. The the weird the weird thing about me is that, you know, the whole love languages thing. I'm a physical touch quality time kind of person, except for the times like that. Like that's how I like to be shown love. And that's how I like to give love as well as physical touch and quality time, except for when I'm in need of emotional consoling. At those points, I don't really want to be touched. I don't really want to be talked to. I just kind of want to. I just kind of want to be around people normally. Mm-hmm. I want to be around people and just have conversation normally that doesn't involve whatever's happened to me. And I want it to happen while people are not thinking about whatever has happened to me. And it being in the back of their mind and being like, maybe we should bring it up. And, you know, ha-. that's when something is happening to me, those are the things I don't want. 
I want the quality time, but I don't want, for some reason, I don't want the physical touch. Like if that had happened, if someone was going to hug me, that would mean that I'd probably hug them back and probably cry. Cause that would, what would come out of me mm-hmm. and I don't want to cry. So that at that point, I don't want the physical touch. I don't want the hugging. So when something's happening to me, agreed, the hugging awkward because I don't want it. It's going to make me cry and I don't want to cry. So not happening. The food more than welcome. Bring me food. Bring so much food. Bring all the fried chicken you want to bring me. As long as it's accompanied by mac and cheese. I have stipulations when it comes to people bringing me food. It better involve macaroni. Um, well, thank you for sharing that, Kyle. It's a little, it's a little vulnerable, and I really appreciate that. I thought about going vulnerable, but I was like, no, nah, I'll save it for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we got all the time in the world to be vulnerable. Look, this whole podcast is literally just so I can be vulnerable. <laughs> it's the ploy. Honestly, every single episode, I know you probably don't listen to them. I cut out all your crap. <laughs> I just make it only me talking. And sometimes it's me talking and being deep because I don't be deep with anybody ever. So this is just, this is my platform. And then right. I'm glad because you need it. <laughs> people, people later on, someone is going to come out to me after this and be like, oh, that was that was so open. I'm so glad you said that. And I'm immediately going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to be like, Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Cause well, now they just, know that I have emotions. Well, then you should just be like, Oh, that was my, that's my friend, other friend, Kyle. It's not me. <laughs> I don't want people to know I have emotions, but I'm putting it into a microphone. So they're going to learn eventually. Maybe at some point through all of this talking through a microphone and making people listen to it, I'll be okay with having emotions. I hope so. God, so I far it so hasn't happened day. so far. It hasn't happened, but I'm getting there. I certainly have grown a lot while being in college. I'm certainly more okay with having emotions now. But if something like traumatic like that happens again, you would, you'd never know it. You'd never know it. If you knew me, you'd know what happened to me. But outside of that, you'd never know it. Maybe one day, it'll be noticeable to strangers, and that's on. I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. (laughs) That's probably a good thing. Yes, it's a good thing. But that's not where I'm at yet. But that's what this podcast is for. It's just I'm making your, me have I'm your emotions. <laughs> we did have that one episode where we were just each other's. I was your therapist. And then eventually this podcast is just going to evolve or devolve, depending on how you look at it, into <laughs> just being each other's therapists for any little thing that happens in our lives. We're just going to save it for the podcast. Any story that happens, we're not even going to tell them to each other until we have microphones in front of us. I really can't wait to that point of the podcast because that's, that's when it's going to be. This one's going to get the juiciest. The juicy. The sticky. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't really know what the message out of that transition is from going from two parents to one parents other I'll, than I'll be okay with having emotions. I don't know if I'm the right person to give that advice since well, I am not okay with it, but try and get to that place. That's a good advice. Um, I'd say for myself, seeing two of my very close friends lose a parent, uh, it it reminded me that I need to be grateful for my parents. Mm. You know, even though sometimes we bicker and fight and get really nasty with each other, yeah, it's still good to it, at least I have parents. You know, to be grateful for. I think that also kind of ties in with a little side story, real quick, because we had a friend pass away a couple years ago, Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, it just completely suddenly, you know, horrific car crash. Um, that he passed away in. And so in the same vein, you know, loving and, and not protecting, loving and being um, thankful for the friends that you also have in your life that maybe sometimes you take for granted and yeah. don't hang out with as much. Corey, I saw him a week before he died. 
because we had a going away party for Douglas because he was moving out west for three months um, for his mission school. Yeah. And it, so like me, Douglas and Corey and Rennie and somebody else, obviously Robert and somebody else were hanging out. And then a week later he was gone and it's just completely sudden. So, yeah. you know, I guess I'll, there's a lot of messages here, you know, be grateful for what you have around you, especially knowing that, you know, you know, death can come at any time, which is, uh, that's a really morbid message, but there's a positive message in that, which is just be thankful and loving for all the people that you have around you. Yeah. Cause you know, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. So I know it's a somber note to end on, but, I think is a I think I think these were all transitions that had good messages. Yeah. Which sure. I didn't realize I didn't really plan on that happening, Me but neither. as we told as we kind of talked about it and told the stories that we told, they just kind of the messages just kind of flowed out of our mouths. It's a beautiful thing. Let's just that's what words do. Eventually you say words good enough that um goodly messages come from the uh speak. Yeah. So, thank you all for listening. Hopefully you learned something, got something out of it. Something that maybe uh, you can apply for yourself or at least try to apply for yourself. I, for one, will not be trying to have emotions anytime soon, (laughs) Uh, but I would encourage you to do so. (laughs) I am not at the place to even try yet, but I would encourage you to do so. You guys can't see me, but I'm shaking my head at him. Yeah. uh, You know, if you need to go to therapy, I will not be going to therapy. I'm shaking my head real hard now. Look, I can give advice. I just can't take it for myself. I know what to say. I just don't know how to take it we'll get you in therapy soon (laughs) all right we'll see you guys next time farewell